am fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm so grateful to be hosting you here on the Goddess Tarot Society podcast. We are on episode number five, which is super exciting. This is a big symbolic number that represents change and the card that represents the archetype of the Hierophant. So um, would you like to share with us your experience of the tarot um, so far in your life? Oh, specifically the Hierophant or just tarot just in, in general? general? Just tarot in general. Oh, I love tarot. <laughs> I love tarot. So I, I probably started reading... I got my cards read a long time ago, randomly, just, just one day thought this would be super fun. And mm-hmm. I went and she read my cards and they were so spot on to what was happening in my life that I was like, oh, this is, this is for me, for sure. So after that, I ordered my own deck and I, you know, read everything I could about it. And I try to pull a card a day. Um, obviously, I'm not always super great about it but whenever I feel like I need some guidance I pull them and I just always I usually actually always cry every time I pull them because they're so spot on but I just I love the guidance I love I just love everything about them in general I'm very uh I don't have a lot of of guidance in religion in my life which is perfect for this um but so tarot definitely brings something like that for me in my life. I love them. They're so wonderful. So I'm so happy that you're doing this. It makes me so happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it's amazing that you have that experience with, with the tarot and pulling your cards for our listeners. Me and Sarah met at the yoga teacher training, which was gorgeous. And you um, shared with us your affirmation cards when we were doing the, um, the, the final performance yes, yes. the final the test performance yes. the grand finale of yoga teacher training exactly. you shared your affirmation cards and they were just so lovely and each one just resonated with everyone in this different way and I also think somebody forgot to mention they aren't for us to keep so people were like trying to hang on to them you're like hey guys I love you all but can we um gather those cards back up please and you know it's so funny because looking back on it I totally should have just let everyone keep them because that would have been even more special and in my brain for some reason I was like oh no I need those like they were some like guiding light to me but like in all reality I should have just been like no keep them they're more special this way but you know (laughs) oh well no it's all right we weren't um they weren't meant for us to keep we all managed to take a wee picture of it and that that was fine um and yeah I thought it'd be great to discuss our spiritual beliefs and any ties we've had to religion before um which is closely related to the hierophant and I suppose nicely taking us from our yoga teacher training um and that spiritual side of yoga you are a yoga teacher yourself you've carried that you've carried that on since the yoga teacher training unlike me <laughs> i've been practicing <laughs> my yoga but i've not got into not gone into the teaching side so i think that's amazing so what are what are your spiritual beliefs oh so it's so i find it so funny that that's the card that is for us today because it is <laughs> something that's been so uh what's the word not ambiguous, but it's it's something that's definitely, you know, gone through phases and flows in my life. Um, 
So my spiritual beliefs are not necessarily tied to any religion. Um, so my spiritual beliefs are probably more so in tune with, you know, tarot and I believe that there's some guiding force out there. Um, do I believe in a God necessarily? I'm not sure. Um, I kind of leave it all up to, you know, where I am in life, how life is going. Um, but yeah, I, let's see. I didn't grow up religious at all. And so I've been, you know, my parents wanted me to find that on my own. And I found pieces of it, you know, in life um, that I have kind of kept with me. But in general, um, I think just spirituality in in believing that they're, you know, we're all part of the cosmos and we're all here together is just kind of how I how I view my spirituality. Yeah, it seems like we're pretty aligned in that case. I know recently I've been trying to well, for the longest time, I did not believe in God. I was like, God ain't a thing. I don't believe that there's a big man in the sky. I kept thinking it was this big man, like Zeus-like figure sitting up there in the clouds. It's going to smite us if we do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. But as I've thought about it, I believe that I took that belief because it also was the mainstream where I was at as well. Like not many people where I was fought from believed in God or went to church or anything. So that was the mainstream belief was just my parents didn't really believe in believe in God per se. And it's interested that it's interesting that recently I've been thinking, okay, I think I do believe in a God, but I still have such a hard time expressing that force that you're talking about that cosmos force is God because of all the ties I've ever learned about God is to be male and to be this male driving force and I have this like this huge resistance as over the past few years I've been diving into the divine feminine and you even mentioned that flow as well getting in that flow and um, so I even though I've haven't been religious at school on Easter holidays Christmas holidays would go to church so I had I did go to church and I did hear some of the main you know the main stories they talk about in Christianity um, and I think that's where my resistance now comes from God being um, just a force like I rather use like a gender neutral term like the universe etc um, or try channel my beliefs more into the goddess though I know there's that yin yin and yang um, but yeah I think that's interesting so I'd say I believe in God if we replace that with universe you know cosmos consciousness yeah. I'd say I believe like a hundred like 10 out of 10 believe in that sense when we're interchanging the different words on a scale of one to ten how much would you say you believe in God or we can change we can change God for another word if, if we, we we're resistant to that right. divine right. there's just nothing wrong with that it's just society so far on like you know the divine masculine yeah. side right now yeah um you know that's a great question because I think a lot of times in my life I have gone through phases you know of like believing and not believing and I don't know if I feel particularly lost if I believe a little less in my life but you know I think growing up in the the south of the U.S. religion is a really big deal you know you are so it's kind of the opposite of where you grew up like if you don't believe in God they look it's that's crazy to them like that's everyone believes in God everyone goes to church so growing up I I never really understood it 
Um, and I tried to, you know, go to church with my friends and, and things like that. And I just never fit in. I mean, to be really honest, I went to church because they were cute boys. So. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I think I kind of sort of believed in something, um, for a while. And then I, my dad passed when I was younger and I had a huge identity crisis. Um, and I didn't really know what I believed in. And all I knew is that he was such a wonderful human that I didn't believe he disappeared. I didn't believe he ceased to exist, but I didn't believe he went to sit on clouds with someone, you know, uh, in, in the sky. So, and I think after all of my life experiences, you know, you know, living in different places, and, you know, I've, I've lost quite a few people in my life. And each time it kind of shakes up that religion kind of question in my mind again. I'm like, what do I believe? Um, but I think believing in, in something, yes. I think I'm about an eight or nine out of ten. Um, but, but, but the thing, like you say, would I use the word God? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I would use something, you know, universe, cosmos. I do believe in something higher. But yeah, I, I really definitely have that push too about, do I believe about some sort of like man in the sky? <laughs> exactly, not exactly. Like I'm all about what I think we're all kind of made up of the same stars as everything else. So, you know, mm. interpreting that however we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. I'm sorry to hear about your dad and the losses that you've experienced Thank throughout you. your life and how that how that shakes things up. Um, do you feel still connected to these people, to their memories, or do you ever, you know, experience them with you in any sense? Um, I think I do every now and then. Um, I don't necessarily feel them, you know what I mean, like a physical presence, um, mm-hmm. but I've always had dreams my whole life. I've always had these really vivid dreams, and uh, whenever someone in my life passes, I usually have quite a few dreams about them, um, that feel incredibly real, of course. And then you wake up and you're like, whew, that was a deep one. So, um, I definitely feel that aspect and, you know, certain things in life that happen, you know, you can't help but just smile and think about certain people when it, when it pulls at you. Um, so yeah, I think in a way, in a way I definitely feel them around. That's cool. I've always been so jealous of all you humans out there that have these wonderful vivid dreams. Mine are always just like, <laughs> I think I mentioned this before in this podcast, I'm always like running away. Like I am running away. Somebody's trying to murder me or there'll be like five minutes. It'll seem like it's nice or I don't know how long that is in dream time. All might happen in a millisecond. But yeah, I have a second of like, oh, this is nice. Look at me in this dream. And then it's like, boom, <laughs> destruction, destroy. Maybe I should look at my, what I'm consuming. I don't even watch that many action films anymore. But yeah, yeah. So I'm jealous of um, <laughs> everyone with vivid dreams. It feels like everyone bar myself has these vivid dreams. Um, so yeah, dreams can be a great way, I suppose, to connect into that that's greater than us and tap into our subconscious. Do you have any other synchronicities that appear for you? Like if you have a phase where your your belief is like super strong, is there something that triggers that? Synchronicities, 
Um, and on the other side of the scale, is there anything that happens that makes you believe less? Like if you're going through, I don't know, I suppose if we go through rough times, it can be hard to believe and have faith, I suppose. Yes, yes. So it's funny. So when you say that, two things come to mind. So times when I believe more is just kind of when I feel like the whole when, when something's coming full circle for me is when I definitely feel a little, a, a little more pull, like uh, spiritually, I guess. Um, so my dad served in the Vietnam war. Wow. Um, so he was quite a bit older um, when he passed than you know, most of the kids my age, but you know, their dads. Um, but he, it's so interesting because he was very against it. You know, he was drafted. He didn't want to go. Um, he didn't believe in it. So, you know, when I was little and I watched a GI Jane movie and I was like, oh, I want to be her. He was like, you will not. <laughs> you will not be in the US Army. No, no, no. Um, you know, I'm very grateful for like growing up the way I did and, you know, getting the experiences I got, um, you know, and him, him showing the world to me through his eyes. Um, but he never talked about his experience. You know, it was very hard for him. And obviously it was a, it was a terrible thing. And we can do not need to get into the politics of war, of course, but um, he didn't believe in it and he was very sad about it. And so he didn't talk about his time in Vietnam for the most part. Um, but I've always felt this pull ever since he passed to go to Vietnam. And I don't know why, I just have always felt it. And so right before our teacher training, actually, um, in Indonesia, I made a trip to Vietnam by myself and I stayed for 10 days and I backpacked and I went to all the places that he lived when he was there. And I went to the old address that, you know, he had written down and all of his belongings. And it was probably one of the more profound experiences I've ever had in my life. I like, I felt more of his spirit there than I have since he passed. And it was amazing. It was so wonderful. I like looked at all these things and I was like, yes, I can totally see him living here. I can see, you know, cause he, he did mention happiness, but it was, it was in a different way. It was when they were, when, you know, he was done when he got to leave, um, the air force. So he stayed for quite a while after, and I could just, I felt him there and it was really, really, really wonderful. So I think that was probably my most profound spiritual, you know, pull I've had. But then on the other hand, we have all these horrible things that happen in the world every single day, Mm. you know, and it just kind of breaks my soul a little bit. And every time something horrible happens, it comes back to that. Like, what do I believe? And there's so many things happening, especially because of religion. Like, I think that too, it kind of like, chips away at whenever I'm like, you know, feeling super strong in my spirituality or in whatever I believe in at the moment. Um, and, and something terrible happens in the world. I kind of just, oh, like, how do we, how do we have such horrible things happening? And yet there's this, you know, divine, um, you know, cosmos or whatever it is out there. So I struggle with that a lot and especially a lot more now because there's so much mm. happening in the world. So I think every time something like that happens, it does another, you know, cause me to causes me to um, reevaluate yet again. <laughs> so I guess it's pretty evolving. That's amazing. No, that's that's phenomenal. I literally had like goosebumps when you're telling the story about your dad and going to Vietnam. Like, oh, 
my goodness what a profound experience and you did it on your own as well like goodness yeah yeah I felt like I needed to go there by myself you know he he actually had a book that um had pictures of him and his girlfriend in it um who was this beautiful Vietnamese woman and they looked so happy in their pictures and I went to the address and you know I don't know what I was hoping but you know just to find a little piece of him there and of course it's not an address anymore it's kind of a a, a pretty little uh restaurant area but that's okay you know it was it was wonderful to be there um and to you know just feel it so yeah it was it was it was pretty wonderful I had a good time <laughs> yeah yeah no it sounds it sounds super magical it really does sound magical and coming over to this frustration on like how can we have this divine how can we have this godlike figure when um all this like horrors these horrors are happening all around the world these injustices um it's actually making me think of I don't know if you've seen the film The Shack it is a spiritual religious movie um I can't remember the name of the actor he was the same actor that was an avatar the Shack. Oh, I can see his face you know you know the one the, the guy from from Avatar so um oh yeah it came out 2017 and I have one of my um, best friends she's very religious and it's actually interesting how many of our beliefs kind of like overlap within within one another and though I don't relate to God and Jesus Christ and uh, or Christianity or that story um super heavily as much as I relate to the likes of some of the Buddhist teachings and, and other signs and synchronicities I've been experiencing and the mystical nature of the tarot that movie I find was like it was an amazing movie about having faith it's definitely worth a watch if you can detach from I know some people when they think of religion have this like frustration or anger towards it and I feel if you can detach from that around the parts of religion that make us frustrated frustrated it is a phenomenal movie it's really good and it explores the main I don't want to give too much away but there's a horrible um, incident that happens to um, his young his young child and it's about him finding his faith even when his whole world like has turned upside down it's really cool it's really good a really good movie but um coming around to my main point that just flew in <laughs> flew into my mind I was like oh it needs to come out yeah, yeah. is something that's evolved within me recently is that heaven and hell aren't it isn't the sky and it isn't the fiery pits of the core of the earth as in like heaven and hell I do believe heaven and hell are here on earth like I believe you can experience heaven here and I believe you can experience hell I'm not sure as to how much um like I don't haven't explored how much I believe of like the afterlife per se I'm so fortunate at my big age of 26 I've only lost my grandfather so I've not experienced death so much it's not something I've thought too much in depth about um or had much experience with personally but at the moment I'm starting to think that um, I can create heaven for myself just as easily as I can create hell for myself but obviously we can have external forces and um, whereby there can be horrible things that happen around you you're just born you know the wrong wrong place wrong time etc and um, but what do you think about heaven and hell being here here on oh. earth to be experienced 
Oh, no, I'm definitely, when you said it, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. I can definitely feel that that could be absolutely, absolutely true. Um, especially, you know, with so many things happening in the world in general, but, but I think like you said, yeah, we could definitely experience it in our own lives, you know, making our own heaven and, and living in our own hell. If we, you know, the choices we make, the actions we take, definitely. I can, I can absolutely see that. I had, after my dad passed when I was, I was 17. So I had a big existential crisis in life. Like couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. Just all I thought about was the afterlife, you know, and all the things they teach us or what they don't teach us. And, and I think that's a big proponent of, in general, my spirituality. Um, And it's funny when you say, you know, heaven and hell being here, because I also think too, you know, it's one of the scariest things, but maybe one of the most profound things is that, you know, when we're asleep, we don't know we're asleep. So, you know, if and when we go, who's to say we would even know? And, And that's one thing that in, you know, if you think about it one way, it can be incredibly scary. But if you think about it in another way, I kind of find it very reassuring that like, you know, maybe we're all just in this dreamlike bliss state and, you know, we just don't know and maybe that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, I like, I like that idea that maybe heaven and hell really is just, you know, here with us. That's nice. I like, I like that thought. Oh, that's just, that's got me deep that one. <laughs> you said that, I'm like, whoa, I'm like, let me just soak in soak in the wisdom my goodness it's taken me undoing um it started off 30 days of meditation with um gurumuk the um lovely lovely gentleman that did our philosophy classes when we're in our um yoga teacher training and it's running on the silent you that he is doing every day I'm showing up to meditation and part of his teachings and the way that he teaches it is that meditation in itself is like a way to prepare for death and prepare your body for death and I remember when he was first um, speaking about that in the yoga teacher training many of um, many of um, the people there got upset and were really upset at this prospect that you know we're going to die like death being this like scary unknown thing that we just we just ignore and you mentioned as well you wish that you were taught certain things before you experienced death is there anything that you would that would have benefited you to know before and um, you experience death within your life or is it something you just have to because you can never prepare for death I, that's one thing I you can imagine it all you want and like because your mind wants to soften the blow almost, but it just never is quite, I don't believe it can equip you in that way. I don't think that's, um, that's helpful. Yeah, I think, honestly, you know, when I think about it like that, I wish, I wish meditation would have been a part of my life, you know, mm-hmm. at those times, um, because I do definitely think it would have helped um, in, in so many aspects, you know, learning how to cope with life in general. Life, life is hard. Life yes. is hard. You know, living and being alive is hard. Say that again, louder um, for the ones in the back. It's yes, hard. Yes. It's hard. Um, I mean, and yes, death is, is very hard, but it's also, you know, it teaches you a lot about yourself. And I, you know, it's just learning how to be able to live more, honestly, um, is what I've taken away from death is, you know, 
you know, we have to keep moving on. And, you know, if we don't, we're stuck in this, you know, this, this one place. And that's not what life's about. You know, we're not supposed to be stuck in this one place. And so with, you know, unfortunately, each time I have lost someone, you know, it's a terrible and great thing about having a huge family is that I have a huge family and it's so wonderful, but you know, also more people to lose. Um, that I just try to take something from, you know, from each, each time I've lost someone, I try to take something positive from it and, and keep it on my journey on how to live a better life. Um, but yes, I think meditation definitely, definitely would have helped. I, um, I'm taking an accessible yoga teaching course right now, um, to, you know, to, to start teaching, you know, chair yoga and, you know, people that have arthritis and, you know, just try to make it, you know, yoga in general and my classes much more accessible to everyone. And he said something amazing and profound to me the other day that it ties in exactly what Guru Mook said is that think about Shavasana. It's corpse pose. It's what it's called. And if you really, really think about a yoga practice or about life as your practice, so if your life is your practice, your whole practice is preparing you for death. Your whole life is preparing you for death. And I, I heard it and I was like, ooh, ooh, that makes me uncomfortable. And then I was like, maybe I should sit with that. Why is it making me uncomfortable? And the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're going to be metaphorical here, because it, you know, it's a giant metaphor, we're going to be really metaphorical about it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, there are some things in life that are easier than others, just like some poses are easier than others. You know, some asanas are easier than others. And other times you struggle. Sometimes you fall out of your practice and you, you got to get back in. Um, you know, sometimes poses just aren't for you and, you know, that's okay too. But, you know, if you think about it in that metaphorical term, that this whole thing is just a, a, you know, a preparation for Shavasana, which in and of itself is death. It's kind of, to me, I guess maybe I always try to put a positive spin on things, but I think it's quite beautiful. You know, we have this really hard life that we have to live and we work through it. We get through it. We enjoy it as much and as wonderfully as we can. And then there's Shavasana at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All these wisdoms. And I love Shavasana. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Many of us love Shavasana. So maybe when it really comes to it, I'll be like, I'm ready. <laughs> Take me into the abyss. What is next? I'm There's been too much hell, not enough heaven. <laughs> Take <Yeah>. me away. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh. I like comparing it to yoga. That's something as well. What I think is great about having, I mean, I suppose spiritual practices, using yoga as a spiritual practice in itself can be really wonderful to be showing up for yourself every day. Um, the divine masculine sense of a spiritual mentor or the hierophant is like, to me, the divine masculine is showing up every day and taking that linear approach to healing and understanding. And I actually find... I find it very hard to stick to a routine and be showing to showing up to the mat every single day because of the way my cycle is. I tend to have like horrific end into my cycle and it froze me, whether it's yoga, whether I've got into a good routine with anything, it kind of froze me off course a little bit. And like this, this particular cycle I'm having, it's been so hard to like 
get back in the routine I know I like it when I get up early and I do my exercise or my yoga and I know it helps me but I've got this like such resistance and then it like bleeds into the rest of my days and it's like I don't feel good enough and then it causes me shame and all these things so do you have any advice for people when they do kind of fall out of their practice or their spiritual practice as to how to kind of get back on on the rails to feel better about themselves? We don't have to show up every day, but we know it makes us feel better. Yes, yes. And it's, you know, I'm the same as you. I fall out of my my routines as well. You know, sometimes I'm really great with my practice. And of course, because we know yoga is not just, you know, the asanas and things but I find that everything else besides the asanas are the hardest part for me it's really hard for me to show up for myself so I completely understand what you mean um and when I do have those moments where I fall out for me I try to give myself a little grace I give myself a little kindness I give myself you know a day or two to just be and be okay with that, um, which we know is always very easy to say, very hard to do. (laughs) Um, But something wonderful that actually definitely helps me is meditation. And, you know, I haven't been meditating with uh, Guru Mook like you have, which I definitely want to do. But I have an an app called Shine. Mm. um, And it has a free version, which is what I have. Um, Shine. And it is so, so, so wonderful. It was started by um, two Black creators. I think either way, they're two wonderful, wonderful women who started this app. And they, the, their voices are so wonderful. There's just something about it that like when I am really stuck, I can put on a shine meditation. It's only six to 10 minutes. And it changes my entire outlook on the day. And so when I can do that in the morning, I honestly, I don't even get out of bed. I literally turn it on on my phone and I'm still laying in bed (laughs) when I feel like I'm in like some sort of, you know, negative headspace. And it it makes me feel better getting up. And then once I'm up, I can try to, you know, make more positive choices for myself um, because I can, you know, I'm the same. I can tell when I'm getting into bad cycles. We all, (laughs) we all do it. (laughs) But for me, I think meditation is is one of the the most wonderful things. Um, I also try to do something, and I I don't know if this would resonate with anyone else, but I also have just severe anxiety in general, and so that's you know a really big part of uh, yoga in general in my life. But I also have I I think I have ADHD. Who knows <laughs> in, in this world now? But I do something with transitions. Um, and it can be the smallest transition to the biggest transition, but you know, in life in general, we throw ourselves into situations. So, you know, you get up and you go make lunch, you sit down, you eat it, you go on to the next thing, you wake up, you sit at your desk, you start working on to the next thing. And for me, taking the tiniest moment when I change anything to just sit down, close my eyes, take a breath in and take a breath out. It gives me a second in my mind and in my body to acclimate to whatever's changing. And it actually is super, super helpful for me. So, you know, I wake up in the morning, brush my teeth, you know, make my tea, make my breakfast. And before I sit down to have my breakfast, I take a breath. And then, you know, I clean up and then I go to usually, you know, do some type of some type of movement. I always stop, close my eyes, take a breath. 
and then I start. And it gives me just some sort of like centering almost. Mm. And I find when I do that on the days I actually do it, I feel so much better and a little less lost um, when I'm in those those cycles, I guess. So that's something that, that super helps me. And it, honestly, it could definitely be a form of meditation, I guess, if you want to look at it that way too. So oh, thanks so much for sharing. That'll be super helpful. I'm sure there's going to be some listeners that that will really resonate with. So thanks for sharing. Um, I need to check out Shine. I've only heard of Headspace. I used Headspace religiously for a while and I, I love to attach my ego onto it because it's see how many hours you have meditated for I'm like got to the point I'd meditated for 24 hours within like I don't know Ooh. if that was within a year space or something like that I was trying to show up and do like 10 minutes every day and then I was like oh I just wanted to grow and grow and grow because look how much I've meditated and it's like right ego I love you you're there for a reason but come on now like that's not why we're meditating so I'm I'm looking forward to check out shine and see um see what that's like as well and um, I know it does it helps me personally because we I have that community within um the silent you at the moment um showing up and having the wisdoms and doing it with people helps me show up so if that resonates with anyone to get into the habit I mean it takes like goodness 90 days to form any kind of habit if we were doing it every single day so that's where like you mentioned having grace for yourself and just um showing up and not postponing anything because we always live for like tomorrow I'm I'm really good at being like tomorrow's the day tomorrow I'll do more work tomorrow this and it's always tomorrow and tomorrow never really comes because it's tomorrow it's tomorrow the next day and the next day and the next day yep so yeah yeah you know there's something called the future you actually that ties right into what you said um Mm -hmm. with my my psych background but the future you is always is is the best version of you So when you think about future you, future you is always, you know, more active, always better with whatever they want to do. You know, they're always completing the goals and future you is just a projection of all the things that you want to do, but aren't going to do, or maybe haven't done yet. And future you is always going to be more productive than you are because you're you right now and you don't have to do any of those things because future you is there. And so that's something I have had to learn is that. I can't always count on future me. I have to count on on current me. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to cope after this session. I'm gonna, <laughs> after this, I'm going to have to lie down and take a break <laughs> and just let it all sink in. Like, these are all things, like, I've kind of known. And then, like, you're telling me and I'm like, that's so true. Future me is, like, this shiny, new, improved, like, she's perfect she meditates every morning for like an hour and then she before she goes to sleep she meditates for an hour she does her yoga she spends half her day like in meditation and being zen she's so peaceful she's so nice (laughs) can I count on you can I count on that make-believe version of myself yeah wow Mm. yeah a fun one isn't it yeah <laughs> just I'm just letting that sink in <laughs> letting that letting the roots the roots grow down Whew. future year 
But yeah, do you have you had any um, significant spiritual mentors in your life that you've had along the way? Doesn't need to be somebody that you've sat down and said, right, you, you there, sir or madam, are going to be my <laughs> spiritual mentor. Just somebody that's had like a huge impact on um, maybe your path and where you've gone down um, in terms of spirituality with you know yoga and meditation and these things. Yeah. Um... You know, I I think I've always had a problem with religion and the way it's used. And so spiritual mentors to me have always been kind of hard to come by. Um, I stand by this, this <laughs> kind of quote that I, I heard from a woman, um, Anna Kasparian, and she said, um, she said, I don't care if you're Christian. I don't care what your religion is. I will always fight for you to be able to believe what you want to believe. But that does not mean that you get to dictate how I live my life. Because I don't believe what you believe. And it's something that resonated so deeply with me. Because there are so many parts of religion where people do try to dictate other people's lives, how they live them. And it's a big part of why I, I don't you know, identify, you know, in, in that, you know, same story of Christianity that so many people do. But I will say, like you said before, my best friend is actually very religious as well. And it's something that, you know, I know a lot of people, if they're super religious, try to, you know, stick in a super religious crowd. Um, and I know that's something that kind of the church teaches, different churches teach, but her and I have always been on the same page of, I believe what I believe and she believes what she believes. And we both keep each other in our hearts, no matter what we believe and how we live our lives. And, you know, there's something so wonderful about I'm going through a hard time. And she texts me and says, I'm going to pray for you. And for me, you know, I might not necessarily say those same words if, you know, I was going to, you know, send something wonderful from my heart to her. But I appreciate them nonetheless. And we've always had this really wonderful relationship of we know we believe in different things, but we know that our love for each other is still so bound in that, you know. And so I think mm -hmm. she is probably one of my my mentors in and she has this unwavering faith that I find so wonderful because it's a guiding light for her. And I and I love it for her. But I also love the grace that she gives other people that don't believe what she believes, um, which I find absolutely wonderful. And then of course, I think Guru Milk, of course, has to be my other spiritual guide because every single thing he said when we were in our training could, you know, I could have written down every single nugget of wisdom that he said and use it for the rest of my life. I wrote down um, something that I actually <laughs> keep with me in my like little binder, my little notebook um, that I put on the front page that uh, he said during our training, and I don't know why this resonated so much with me, but it did. Um, he said, you and I, we are just a temporary expression of the universe. Is there anything more beautiful? Aww, I know, right? So and every freaking time, wholesome. Yeah, every time I read it, I'm like, oh, you, somehow you said something so incredibly scary, but something so incredibly like wonderful, all of the same thing. And every time I read it, I... I have a more appreciation for, you know, that spiritual guidance that, that I have from him, you know, from, from my, my best friend. I think those are wonderful things to yeah. have. 
Yeah, it really is. When we <clears throat> when we break it down to why is it we're really here? Because when we're when we're going about our daily business and you know we're trying to get things done and be productive and part of our social conditioning is to be productive, then it kind of we can come away from that fact that really it's a miracle that we're even here. And if, you know, I did read or listened, I love listening to podcasts, so probably in a podcast, <laughs> I can't remember which exact one. Um, they were mentioning something similar. I think it was a synchronicity for me. I don't believe this is one occasion whereby God or consciousness merely is just all of us like experiencing like itself kind of thing, waves. I, I actually believe now I've said that Guru Mook certainly was talking about <laughs> the ocean which is one of my favorite things to mention is like the ocean and then we're all just merely a wave of the ocean experiencing itself like we're we're all part of the same the same big vast huge um interconnected interconnectedness that I feel like I'm merely just scratching the surface of now um in terms of synchronicities like I can I'm tuning in to kind of, I believe we all have psychic abilities, but I'm tuning in um, a bit more stronger with the amount of meditating and and these things that I can literally just start thinking of someone and um, not wanting them to message me. And then I'm not even surprised now. I've not spoken to them in months. And then that evening, there we go, a message or, you know, and you're, I'm just like, oh, I just love, I love that we are connected in this way. Yeah, it's something at this moment in terms of us as humans don't quite understand like I'm thinking of how the trees I don't know much about this but how the trees could be connected from you know underneath their roots and their ecosystem and how they communicate with one another whereby we weren't even aware of that before I need to get my facts straight before I start start <laughs> sharing this science just this <laughs> random thing I saw on the internet it must be real it must be real <laughs> love it but um, yeah, this interconnectedness, which is something I'm learning on my journey um, and my spiritual path at the moment is what this interconnectedness really means to me and allowing it to evolve. And when we don't have huge expectations of what it should be, then we can kind of open ourselves up a little bit to the unknown, to that, which can be scary, that unknown, unknownness, I suppose. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think, I mean, you're so right. It's, oh man, the unknownness of life in general. And it's, I think too, I had, of course, because of my dreams, I I had a dream um, years and years ago that, and I have no idea why, I don't know if I watched something before bed or, you know, or it's just my brain, I'm not sure. But like you said, those like interconnectedness of all of us, I I had a dream about my best friend and I was like in the dream, you know, she was pregnant and I was like, no, no, you weren't supposed to get like, she, you know, we had some packs, you know, we were younger that we, she wouldn't get pregnant for, you know, the first five years of her marriage. Cause she did get married, married pretty young. Um, and in my dream, I was like, no, you can't be pregnant yet. What about me? What about our pact? You know, not knowing of course that long ago that my life is on a completely different path now, but that's okay. Um, and I woke up and was like, Hey, I messaged her and I was like, Hey, I had a dream that you were pregnant last night. Isn't that crazy? And she immediately called me and she was like, Sarah, I haven't told anyone yet. Uh, we just found out that I'm pregnant. And I was like, what? 
And oh. it was this crazy thing. And so now every time I text her and I was like, you were in my dream last night. She's like, oh my gosh, was it good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> so I do. I love that, like, you know, interconnectedness that I, I think you're completely right. We definitely have it. And it's just something that we haven't pursued enough to like really understand, but it's definitely there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Like how connected you are to your best friend. You literally knew just as she knew about about the pregnancy. It's so beautiful. And that's, it's funny because that kind of brings me back around to that's when I believe in God, the vastness, the consciousness is when I Mm -hmm. experience these signs and synchronicities, which I now try to keep a note in the back of my journal I have made a pact to myself that I have one journal (laughs) and we just put everything in that one journal. Otherwise I'd have like 10 of them, like typical Virgo. But um, yeah, it's, I would recommend to anyone if you want to connect, connect more into the interconnectivity of everything to take notes of the signs and synchronicities that you experience in the world because if you don't have access to some friends that have similar beliefs as you you will think you're going absolutely bonkers (laughs) like you'll be like no that can't be that can't be right the logical mind will have a bit of a hissy fit and be like no 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 that is that's not true that's only something that happens in movies and um, so, yeah, keeping a note of your signs and synchronicities, because every once in a while, all the loose ends tie up and like they come in like thick and fast. When I went to Bali, like I don't know if it's because it's like a super like spiritual place for me and it is known as the Isle of the Island of the Gods and these things. I my head was hurting from the amount of synchronicity <laughs> that started happening to me. I was like, bam, bam, bam. And never have I ever asked, apart from this time, I'm like, maybe you could um, turn it down a little bit. <laughs> I'm dying a bit here. Like, this is so much for me to take on in my my little brain. But yeah, what, what a cool synchronicity, though, with you and your your best friend. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love whenever I, I mean... I do love dreams and I should actually try to like, you know, do some dream interpretation because I find it fascinating. Um, But yeah, I've definitely had it and it's happened more than once, you know, not with just, um, with just her, but other friends um, where I've like checked in and I've been like, ah, I had this really crazy dream last night about you. Like, are you okay? Is something happening? You know, and I had another friend that was like, actually, no, like my mom just went to the hospital and like things like that. And I do love it but you know just like you said like sometimes I say things out loud and I'm like oh my gosh do I sound absolutely nuts like (laughs) is this real are people gonna think I'm crazy (laughs) but yeah yeah I'm absolutely gonna start writing them down I love that idea I love that it is really good to just revisit it or you know phone me up anytime you think you're going bonkers (laughs) we're fortunate that we do have people within this kind of similar Though I believe that when we feel that we're different from everyone else, which I do feel now I'm on this spiritual path and throughout your whole life, you've been on a different path. We are here to pave a whole new one, like a whole fresh new path um, and gather up people that, you know, believe similar beliefs and is on a similar path to help, you know, bring more heaven to this to this earth because we sure can do with more heaven. Um, We really absolutely can really could so yeah on this beautiful life journey we're on just tuning into tuning into that but no oh this has been such an eye-opening episode (laughs) it's really just like I think I've said wow about 50 million times (laughs) oh my god 
This has been wonderful. I love that like when you when when you know we were talking about this episode and that was the card fold, I was like, huh, okay. Cause it's you know, it's something I don't talk about with anyone in my life family-wise, because most people in my family are pretty religious and I'm not to their, you know, to their version of what religion is. And so it's not something I do talk about very often, but this has been really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, you never know. I went from not talking about it often to just like, well, you you follow your career path, your your yoga instructor, so you are living it on a daily basis. Um, yeah. And I do believe naturally we just start to, well, in my journey personally, I've been starting to attract more people with similar beliefs, but I had to um, for a while just um, have my online community and these things. So if there's anyone else that is in the bow in terms of like our listeners um, listening to this episode if your friends don't also believe in the same things that you believe in just start with like an online community um, and then just build it up start going to some meditation classes yoga classes and going to places where other cool humans like us will be hanging out yes <laughs> yes yes meet us on social media reach out to us absolutely yes 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 yeah, and Sarah, do you want to share your socials and where people can find you as well and your yoga classes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and coming full circle with our entire conversation <laughs> and spirituality, um, my business <laughs> is actually Ether and Esther, um, Ether being, you know, the elemental soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so my uh, Instagram is Ether and Esther, E-T-H-E-R-A-N-D-E-S-T-E-R. Um, and then my website is etherandesterwellness.com. So that is me. Thank you so much. It's been oh. such a blessing having this conversation because before you were even on here, I had no idea if you had any religious beliefs or whatever, if we'd be having like a heated debate. So it was nice <laughs> to see how <laughs> the story of um, our spirituality unfolded, talking about the, some of the themes of the Hierophant today. So yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> super duper grateful and yeah uh, we shall see yeah you're so welcome and we'll see all our listeners or I will see all my listeners in the next episode (laughs) and Sarah hopefully will be back to join us at some point in the future so for now thank you so much mwah mwah